This is Voices from Israel, a podcast of the Good People Fund, where GPF grantees in Israel describe how they are meeting urgent and evolving needs since October 7, when the country was attacked and war began. Since its start, Road to Recovery has driven thousands of Palestinians, mostly children, from border crossings to Israeli hospitals for critical medical care and back again. The organization is widely recognized as a model for coexistence and relationship building. Road to Recovery Chair Yael Noy joins GPF Executive Director Naomi Eisenberger to discuss how now the organization and its volunteers are adjusting to new realities on the ground and recommitting to hope. For more information, see the episode show notes and visit goodpeoplefund.org. For now, here's Naomi Anya L. in conversation. Since October 7th, Road to Recovery has stood out because it really is so devoted to coexistence. And October 7th has obviously turned that idea on its head. Before we get into that exactly, just could you tell us how you and your family are doing? Okay, so uh, thank you very much. I was born in Kibbutz Elumim. It's a very small kibbutz right near the border with Gaza. And uh, in the 7th of October, my parents was at their home there. And I don't know how, but nobody of our, we the kids were not there at that day. So this is a big luck because my parents were there and they, they are religious people. So they don't answer the phone in holidays in Shabbat and in Simchat Torah. And we were driving crazy because they were not answering the phone. We knew what's, we start hearing what's going on. And my sister, she's also religious. She called me and said, Yael, you should call someone to tell them to get into the mamad. The mamad is the room that... The safe room. The safe room, yeah. And we, so we didn't know where they are. And when they answered the phone, it was something like nine o'clock in the morning. And they said, we are now in the safe room and uh, we're hearing shoots all over, but we are okay now. So tell all, all your brother that we are okay. And they try not to answer the phone to keep on keeping the Shabbat. And, uh, I was just praying today. Now I'm in the hotel where my parents lives now and I just was talking with my dad 20 minutes ago. And he said that that Shabbat, like he was crying while he say, said, I didn't want the Shabbat to go out because I didn't want to know what is going out inside or in the world. I didn't want to put on the TV and the radio and I just didn't want to know that's what's going on. The situation now is my parents live since then in a hotel in the middle of the country. They have one room in the hotel with all the kibbutz and in the first two weeks it was nice and now it's getting harder and harder for everyone. So I try to come to visit with my kids sometimes, but also it's a small room and, you know, everyone is like on the edge. Yeah, I, I'm sure. What's the long range plan for? I'm, they're there with people from their kibbutz, yes? Yeah, yeah. All the kibbutz are here in two hotels, yeah. 
they're not talking yet about plan. They said they think the next four months they will be here even more. Oh. Nobody knows when it will end and when they can go back home. I'm telling him, go back home. You know, the houses is well, you know, but it's the sounds. They are so bad there. It's all the yeah. time rockets. And so it's not really available to live there now. Their home is intact. Yeah, no, the home is okay. Everything in Hanukkah, we went one day to light the candles at the, my parents' home, and right. it was very emotional for two, three hours, and then we left. Amongst the people who were killed, and amongst the people who were taken hostage, were several of Road to Recovery's volunteers. They represent in every way what Road to Recovery is all about. The, those people who were murdered, we had three volunteers from Kibbutz Be'eri that they were murdered that day. One of them was driving patient at the 5th of October. He took three patients from Hebron to Sheba at two days before. He was a lovely man. And one of them was Vivian Silver. She was a Canadian citizen. She was really, really a great woman. She was a, a peace activist. And yesterday I was in Tel Aviv with one of our volunteers from Be'eri. She's now living in Tel Aviv in a hotel. And we went for a day off and we went to the museum to see, um, how you say Ta'arif? I don't know the word in English. Just to see something in the museum about this day. And suddenly we saw that near us standing Yochevet Lifshitz. She was oh. a hostage in the Hamas and she was back and her husband, that he's our volunteer, is still there. Let's so, talk about the hope. That's really the point of this. What happened will not destroy what Road to Recovery stands for. In terms of operation right now, obviously there's no. There's no driving Gaza-wise, but on the West Bank, yeah. how many rides? How many rides are going? And now I think it's the same that was before from the West Bank. We take daily, like um, between thirty to fifty patients with their escort. It's mean like between uh, seventy to one hundred people each day from the West Bank to the hospital, and then in the way back. You never miss the day. No. At the 8th of October, we took patients. There was a child, he needed dialysis in Rambam. In the first day, we didn't have a lot of patients because the hospital was full of people from the war, you know, so the yeah. hospital said we cannot take now uh, more patients, but we keep on taking the, the child that needs dialysis, you know, and kidneys. Yeah. So we took at the 8th of October, we took like three or four patients at the 8th of October morning. Yeah, we we didn't understand yet what is going on. I think just we do it like, like that's what you need to do. You we came in the morning and we just did it like automatic. We cannot think about it even. Do you have any sense of the children in Gaza that you have been connected yeah. to? Now we hear less and less because now most of them are not in their home 
in now. They they went to the south. So there was the last time I talked with our coordinator in Gaza was last week on Wednesday, last Wednesday. And they were in Rafah because even in Khanyunis it was dangerous. So Rafah is the most south place. He said they are intense. They don't have uh, clothes for the winter and they don't have food. And he said it was a terrible, we talked like 20 minutes and it was really, it was not a good, uh, a good one. But he still keep on making food to the child and he's trying to be in touch with them. And yesterday was really, really one good Good thing from Gaza, one of our child that were taking like seven or nine years, he went to the Amirate to because he was really in a bad, bad. Oh, uh, he was flown so, to the Emirates. Yeah, so he he was flowing to the Emirates, and one one child that we know very good, they she went to Turkey before a few weeks to get treatment, and then she went back to Gaza. She came back after the treatment, so we know. Not a lot, but we're in touch with some of our kids that we helped them before. We can pray for them now. We cannot do a lot. You and Road to Recovery have have received a significant amount of publicity. The Road to Recovery story has resonated so deeply. You represent the belief in hope. It's like, I don't know the words in English, but those, those letters that we got after the, you know, there was an article in the BBC and we got dozens of letters that they were like, we, we got, it was so emotional, you know, I was just crying when I wrote it because it's, it's just showed me how different is that between what we got from the Israeli society because in Israel, I always was very proud of what I'm doing. And I was talking about very, always, I, and I'll do it like seven years. Every mm. time when I talk about it, people said, wow, this is really nice. Even if they don't do it by themselves, they look at me like, okay, but now I cannot talk about it in Israel. Because it's like I'm helping the enemy now. Because everyone is so, so... Uh, what's the word? It's more radical and racism. Yeah. You cannot help Palestine because now we are two sides. Right. Palestine and the Israelis. If you give them a hand, it's like you're helping the enemy in the time of war. And it's even, I can say, dangerous to talk about it in Israel. And and you cannot imagine how come people abroad look at that. It's like the most beautiful thing. And in Israel, they cannot hear it. You know, the, the ear of the Israeli people cannot yeah. hear it now. What's the feeling of your volunteers? Two days ago, we, we've made a Zoom meeting for the, all the volunteers that they can talk about what they're feeling. And there are some that is very, very clear for them that now we're keeping doing it because we're doing it because we want to stay moral. We want to hold the hope. It's for us. But there right. are some volunteers that... They say they are waiting for a sign from the other side. They want the Palestinians to say that they're against the Hamas, that they're with us. And they they do it and they, they keep on doing it, but they're still looking for a sign from the other side. And when they don't get this sign, they very they are disappointed and they ask, so why are we doing it? So we can 
And I can, I can understand it because when you're doing something, you want to feel you are doing something together and you want to, to know that what was doing is impact the other side. But I think now they cannot say anything because they are afraid and they are also in war. And what they see in the war is not what we're seeing. They have another uh, channel. They see Al Jazeera. They don't see what we are seeing in Israel. Like we Israeli don't see what's going on in Gaza now. And for me, it's clear that I'm not doing it for the Palestinians. I'm doing it every day for myself, for to save my life and to save my soul and to to save my children and to save all the area. So I don't care what anyone else, not the Israeli and not the Palestinians say. I'm doing it to save myself. In the BBC interview, you said, I'm fighting to be good. And I found that to be a very, very profound statement. It's not an easy fight, no. You you know it's it's hard, but I cannot stop. This is this is what I need to do. This is my mission now. This is my tikkun olam. Right. And you cannot go against it. You see the beauty and the importance and the essence of what this work is and why it's important. And I think I even said to you that if road to recovery doesn't succeed, then I don't know that any of us will. You are a beacon of of good and hope more than anything else. And this is probably the biggest challenge that the organization has faced. But I will tell you from my own experiences, when I am interacting with your donors, you know, they're sending us their money and the notice, the notes that they write with those donations are so profound. One woman wrote a beautiful, beautiful note. She identified herself as an American Muslim and talked about how important this this work is and how it has to continue. Have any of the volunteers connected directly with the Palestinian families that they've worked with? Yeah, yeah, sure. Also in Gaza, some of them connect directly in the, the families in Gaza and also in the West Bank. And some of them called and say they are sorry and how are we and are we safe? And before the first hostages come back, I got a picture of them from Gaza and they asked me, do you know them? Are they our volunteers? But this is, was before one and a half months and now the connect with Gaza is much more hard now it's beginning less and less uh, more hard to be connect now we're going on 11 weeks yes it's like seven, 76 days i think that's all every time they count it in israel the days right. how long hostages right. are there so it's 11 it's 11 weeks i think coming this this and it's not easier normally <laughs> No, it's not easier. I think in many ways it's probably more difficult. So we didn't talk about my all my nephews and my my best friends' sons that are now fighting in Gaza. And every yeah. morning, six o'clock in the morning, while my eyes are getting open, I'm going to the web and to, just to see who was killed tonight. It's horrible. It's all the time I'm getting. It's getting closer and closer because. All the time we know them, they are our kids that are fighting there. And I cannot count the number of conversations that I have had with Israeli grantees 
I think it's a universal action for those of us who are so connected. Also, I want to talk about some of our coordinators, you know, the coordinators, the people who works the hardest in our association. Yes. And we have two of them, their kids are fighting now in Gaza. Mm. And you know, they cannot breathe. They cannot breathe because they don't hear from them for weeks. They don't hear from their sons. They are 19 or 20 years old. And one of them keep on doing it. And one of them said, Yael, I cannot do it right now. And she just now, and I told her, Adi, just go, go and do what we need to do and what make, make the time easier for you. Because, you know, it's, it's, I don't think if, if my son were there, I don't know how would I act. There was one that they ha she has two sons now in the army. And now today, they, while we're talking, she's coordinating the rights for the Palestinians' patients. Right. Wow. And one day coming home, she said before one Shabbat, one of her sons came for a one day holiday. And she said, I don't want to talk about my job when he's home because he needs to go to Gaza on Sunday. Road to Recovery and other organizations that have been in Israel for so many years that, you know, organizations that promote coexistence. What do you see for the future for all of you? I cannot imagine the future, but I know one day it will end. The war will end, and both of the both of us will stay here. We will learn how to live together. But now, and when if you ask me now, I cannot see. I don't have a solution. I will keep on doing what I'm doing, and it's like seeds for the for my kids to see it. You know. What can you say to our audience about? the importance of these coexistence projects, programs, and what each individual here can do. If I can ask for something, it's just to hold with us the hope. Just try to, and maybe to make the hope. You know, hope is something you, you should make every day. So if you, you're not in Israel now, you're outside. So just look at us in the good eyes and hold with us the hope. This is what I can ask you now and pray with us. You know, I'm not a believer, but now I want you to pray for us. And I laugh a little because you started talking about how you came from a religious family. And I left it there. It was a really young, but in this times, you know, when you don't have no answer, so you, you just look up to the and said, if you are here, please help us now. Yes. Give, send a clue, please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, El, thank you, because I know that from all that you've shared with us here and what I've heard from you before, that it can be very lonely right now. You know me very much and all your foundation and the good people that are surround you. And just uh, just look at us in the good eyes. We need your we need your uh, your eyes now and yeah. your hair. I think you have it, and I think that you have more than you know about. We're at a crossroads. I feel strongly that the road will go in the right direction. And I want to thank you as the chair of Road to Recovery and everybody else who's associated with it for reminding us that hope exists. So thank you very much, Naomi.